It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, November 18th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is like a little more upset about that loss to the Bruins than I thought I would be. Yeah, I have weird, strange feelings about it, too. All right, we're going to discuss those feelings on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam, but I don't know. The Twitter apocalypse is... uh, Tomorrow you may not. I know. I'm here with Russ Cohen, uh, who for the time being is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. I would say follow the podcast on Instagram at Locked On Flyers. We have an account over there now. That's where you'll keep up to date with our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We are going to talk about last night's game versus the Boston Bruins. Then we are going to preview Saturday's game against the Montreal Canadiens. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe everywhere. So you get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're over on YouTube as well, so you can subscribe there. So we learned before the game that Patrick Brown was going to be activated and check back into the lineup. And you know, not that I necessarily disagree with that decision if he's ready, but they suggested that he was going to be doing a rehab stint and that didn't happen. So to me, I, I just don't get why go through that kind of language for nothing. No, I would rather have Kiefer Bellows in there. No offense to Patrick Brown. There's just too many Patrick Browns in the lineup and you're not really going to get much offense out of them. Sure. You don't have to really worry about him for the 10 minutes he's out there. He didn't even do particularly great on faceoffs tonight. So it's kind of like, I don't know. You just, it, it didn't make sense. It didn't vary the lineup enough. There was just, there were, you know, too many four checkers in there. Well, we did know that John Tortorella wanted some four checkings. Yeah. So uh, he certainly got it. And, you know, with Brown back in the lineup, that made the fourth line uh, with him, Sedlak and Delorier, which honestly, is an actual NHL fourth line. Like, I don't mind that combination of people. It's just the problem is that it seems to be at the expense of other people. Like we've been talking about, you know, even further up the lineup a little bit, you know, with McEwen on the second line and Willman on the third line. Again, you know, I don't really disagree with having Willman in the lineup overall. It's just where he is. That's the problem. Right. I I agree with that. I, me personally, I would sit Delorier. I mean, he played seven minutes. Uh, there was a play where they tried to get on the rush, the Flyers, and he's three steps behind. He, you know, he just not, is not fitting in great. And we, you know, we talked about that contract and we talked about what he might look like on this team. And so far, he doesn't look great. I don't think they'd even miss him if he wasn't in there. 
Yeah, I don't think so either. I think, you know, you've noticed him a few times where he's gotten into trouble, I think, you know, and he's made a, a few offensive plays here and there to be like, oh, right, sometimes he shoots. But right. it's it's not enough to, I really think, show the impact. And I, I don't know that Kiefer Bellows would be any better, especially up against the Boston Bruins. But at, at the same time, we've been harping on needing to know what you have and yeah i mean you, you can't play. sit them play them sit them play them sit them play them and expect to get much out of them it's not going to work yeah i think that's the biggest problem here right now is just there's not enough consistency to figure things out to a large degree and uh, when the flyers get reactionary as opposed to proactive or consistent that's where they run into trouble and that's where the confidence starts to go away a little bit because nobody knows what their role is at any given time. Right. And, and as much as Torts talks about accountability and that you'll always know where you stand with him, I just, you know, I, I get that to a large degree. I don't know. Does Kiefer Bellows know where he really stands? I'm not sure about that. I don't know. And that's the thing is that it's just confusing because the actions don't suggest that he really is trying to get to know these guys in a meaningful way in terms of giving them consistent time in consistent positions to succeed. I think both of those things are important to mention. No, they are. I, I agree, especially with guys that you really don't know in Bellows. Like he's, he's new there. Yeah. And, you know, and again, we mentioned when they picked him up and started putting him in the lineup that because he wasn't there at camp and and all of that, he just wasn't part of that process to try and put together the team and trying to plug him in wherever he might fit for that night isn't going to give you the information you need on him. But I do want to kind of turn to this game because we're sort of digging into the existential questions of the team right now. Well, they affected the game. They did. They did. They really did. And coming into the game, we knew it was going to be an uphill climb to mm -hmm. even have a chance against Boston. And I got to say, I was actually quite pleased with the first half of the game. Sure. I thought that they did a really good job you know, for the most part, keeping the Bruins at bay and Carter Hart saved them when they didn't. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's why they could come out of the first period with it scoreless. And it took a while for the Bruins to get that first goal. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it was a really good effort. Uh, you know, he was getting the forechecking that he wanted, but I think that you know, the two main things we said, they had to take advantage of Bruins mistakes and they had to stay out of the box. They did not do those two things. And that's no. why they lost the game. Yeah, they gave up two power play goals, which was inevitable. And, you know, the again, having too many um, Sedlaks out there who only played eight minutes, you know, these guys are good on a team when you have offense on a team. And you want to put that line out there to change it up when that's all you got, except for maybe your top line, then, you know, it gets kind of rough. It get you need more skill out there. And it's easy to say that, Hey, uh, you know, there's other guys in the AHL. They're not ripping it up, whatever, but there, there are higher skill guys in the AHL than are some that are in the NHL lineup. And whether you choose to play them or not, that's, you know, that's up to the coach. But again, when they were down to nothing, there's nobody, watching this broadcast, I thought they were going to win at that point. 
No, I mean, you know, we had our hopes up for about 13 seconds. Right. So, <laughs> while That's Owen, true. Owen Tippett scored that goal. And, and that was actually, a nice goal. It was a nice goal. It was a really good sequence. And it was, you know, something that they had gotten close to earlier in the game. I think Lawton had a good chance. Konechny yeah. had a good chance. And, you know, they had at least 10 high danger chances in the game, which is a lot more than I honestly thought they would have gotten beforehand. Sure. Yeah. And so it wasn't like they didn't have their opportunities. It was just a combination of a Linus Olmark is really good. And so some of them weren't going to go and B they just didn't quite have the finish there. And well, so know, what, what do we say when it gets to the third period and you know, they're down, do we say they ran out of gas or do we say they gave up? Because I saw a lot of pretty close to that with like three, four minutes to go in that game. And when the coach isn't even thinking about pulling the goalie, he kind of knows it too. So I'd like to just know what I'm supposed to say about that. I think it's a, a fine line in a lot of cases, but it really felt like, especially in the last two to three minutes, that they gave up in the defensive zone, that they were yeah. just doing scramble, like penalty kill in the worst way yeah. kind of defense. And it wasn't going to give them any offensive opportunities. I think that, you know, they did have, uh, you know, like I said, the first half of the game was great. I thought, yeah. you know, even up against a much better team, but mm -hmm. they, it really did feel like after that third goal, like that made it, you know, that made it three, one, that, that just took all the steam yeah. out of whatever they had. And um, I, I think that it gets a little dangerous when that starts to happen. Yeah. I think it gets a little dangerous. I think it makes us wonder about like what the coach tells us about this team. If he's going to say he loves the battle on this team, that's great. But the battle only lasted a period and a half. And then the battle started to wane every, every just a little bit every few minutes until, you know, I mean, Boston systematically broke them down again. You're not expecting the flyers to win this game, but they're now in the midst of a losing streak where as good as they looked at the beginning, they don't look so good now. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more to say about this one, including talking about some individual performances that I think actually were pretty good in this one. And we will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, and of course the NHL, we got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you could find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, I think that, you know, we are a little doubtful about this team right now mm -hmm. in terms of its ability to stick it out through a full 60 minutes in terms of 
you know, putting in the effort that John Tortorella wants. But I don't think that's true across the board. I think that's just kind of the, you know, overall picture that we're getting. But I mm -hmm. do want to call out some guys that actually looked good in this one. And the first one is Morgan Frost. I think mm -hmm. he's really trying to like get out of the doghouse with Tortorella. And, you know, he he put in a real solid effort. We talked about him, you know, at the tail end of last season that he was one of the few that could win faceoffs, and he did really yep. well, uh, won eight of 12. And, you know, he had a, a bunch of shots on goal and I think really just kind of made the most of this one. Yeah, I think he did too. Uh, he won that big faceoff that got tip at his goal. So on the, on the power play, I would just, you know, We'd all like to see a little more offense. Uh, I think some of that has to do with line mates, but some of it definitely has to do with him. But on those other parts of his game, you can't really knock him. No, I think, you know, uh, he's been put in defensive zone faceoffs a lot this season. And, you know, he's doing the best he can. And I think up against a team like Boston, again, you know, to win that many faceoffs and really give your team a shot to have a, a clean zone exit is really mm -hmm. important yeah. and that stood out to me a lot in this one um i think that you know it didn't come out as flashy as the last go around but noah cates i think is still playing really well i think he's especially with owen tippett on his line i really mm -hmm. like it i think the two of them could really get some chemistry going beyond um you know i I wish they had a, a different line mate to maybe. See, that's where they need Frost. Take Zach mm -hmm. McEwen off the line, put Frost. If you don't want Frost to be center, fine. If you want Cates to be the center, okay. If you want to switch it up, fine. But that's what they need to do. I mean, Zach McEwen goes down on the wing. He gets a great pass. He misses the net. Like, that's mostly what's going mm -hmm. to happen. Once in a while, he'll score, sure. Once in a, in a blue moon. But if you put Frost on that line, you're going to get more offense. And I don't understand. I think. Unfortunately, John Tortorella has this opinion that he's got to have like one of these big brutes on every line, and you don't. Cates does everything well away from the puck. He plays well defensively. He can be that guy that covers up some of those ills, but also it might help his offense if he had one other guy that could really catch him for a play once in a while. Well, and o Owen Tippett is no slouch either. I mean, he can take no, care but of his himself. playmaking is is menial. It's he's really a goal right. scorer. So that's right. where Cates could use that other sort of playmaker. You know, occasionally Tippett's going to make a pass, but he's still not really that guy. So that's where I think Frost would help. But there's a reluctance to do it, and I don't know why. And, you know, I think defensively, Ivan Provorov continues to be pretty solid. You know, he had a, a couple small moments, but again, this is Boston and that it's perfection line, like, what are you going to do? Right. And, you know, even when D'Angelo made a couple mistakes, I think Provy was there to clean it up he a was. couple of times. And, and he didn't have a great game, D'Angelo. He didn't. No. He, and he that's did what not. didn't help Provorov. Provorov, I felt like, did all he could. He even was pinching a lot on offense to try and really get something going yes. there. Cause he's been able to do that in the past and, and chip in with some goals. He tried everything. I just felt like there was nothing else he could do. Like you said, he was just out, man. If he had, um, you know, if, if D'Angelo were a second pairing guy and, and they had a better guy with pro it could help a little bit for sure, but it wouldn't have won this game. No, 
but I I just want to make sure we acknowledge that effort he's putting in. Oh, yeah. and his game has gotten so much better this season. I'm I'm yeah, again, I think I echo your sentiment here that I just wish he had a better defensive partner yeah. on the defensive side of things. I mean, we know what D'Angelo attempts to do offensively, and that's great and all. But when Provi is spending more time than he should cleaning up messes, that prevents him from, you know, maybe getting up and having even more chances, you know, from an offensive perspective and contributing a lot more on that side of things. It does. And I kind of feel bad. I don't think the coach ever really acknowledges him either. Well, you know, that's, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, <laughs> we are acknowledging him. And I we think are. that's what is important. That is so. true. Kudos to you, Ivan Provorov, and your dog, Drake, because we love both of you. We do. But, yeah, the rest of the team defensively is just, like, holding on for dear life is what I would say. Yeah, I thought Ristolainen actually had a pretty good game. He was he was physical. I thought he, he made plays. Um, again, Nick Sealer. Just going to shake my head why he's still in the lineup. I, I would rather have Zamula over Nick Sealer. I'd rather, you know, because I at least feel like there's better puck movement there. And because Sealer, especially, a dangerous thing that he does, I know he's got a couple goals and, you know, great. Everybody gets a couple. But when he shoots wildly and it goes out the other end, they almost can't recover if that puck goes, you know, goes the other way. And he almost did that a couple of times tonight. And he shouldn't be shooting the puck wildly. He really shouldn't. Yeah, I think that's something that the Flyers have gotten into the habit of over the last couple of years that um, they've mostly corrected. But you're right that Sealer does it sometimes. There's a couple of guys that do it, just taking those booming shots yeah. from from distance and then yeah. it just caroms around and then you have a odd man rush the other way. And, yeah. and that's not going to help you in the long run. But yeah, I just, you know... <laughs> I'm really frustrated for the guys that are playing well, that they don't have the the support that they need. Now, the other thing that did not help was Travis Konechny leaving the game. Uh, right. It looks like he just got accidentally slashed on the hand. I don't or, think he got slashed. I think it, it was just he I think he got his hand on the jersey and it just when he was caught or something caught or something because it was like an, a weird kind of movement and. You know, maybe it bent it back. You felt bad. Although I got to say, I mean, I don't know what the cause of him getting too many men when you're on a power play. Uh, and you can't blame that on the coach, but it's on the players. But we don't know if it was on Connecty or somebody else who didn't acknowledge leaving, trying to leave the ice when he was on it. And he was really mad about that. That's a bad team play. Like that's one where you don't see that very often. It's hard to get too many men on the ice when you're on the power play. Yeah, and you know we don't know what the update is on yeah. Travis Konechny as of this recording. Hopefully, we'll find out soon. But man, it does not look good for him, and that is not good for the Flyers because Travis Konechny has been the absolute brightest spot for the team so far this season. He has. Now, as you know, in the calendar, we're getting um, close to the end of the month again, and I guess. At the end of the month is when we'll ask, where's Cam Atkinson, it's right? the 18th. I, well, but this is, we got a guy on the team who's not even practicing, except if it's in Columbus. I think it's fair that every month we're going to have to ask, what is his stat is? 
Yeah, I wonder what we'll get if Travis Konechny really is out. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to actually call somebody up from the Phantoms to give them a shot? Or are we just going to have, like, who we have now and just put Kiefer Bellows in? And No, you know what they're going to do? They're going to give Artem Anisimov one game, and they're probably going to call him up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, That's man. my guess. <laughs> that's not what I would do, but that's my guess. Well, I guess we will find out in time for the game against Montreal. And we are going to talk about that one coming up next. All right, Russ, we have to head to Montreal for the next game. And this is an interesting team. I actually really love Montreal right now for several reasons. You know, they have Martin St. Louis. And I find his coaching to be creative and baffling all at the same time. And some of the decisions he makes on the lineup are are questionable, but he seems to be able to motivate this team in a really positive way. And the other thing is that Montreal is in a known rebuild. They have been really open and honest about the whole situation They know what they have. They know what they're working toward. You know, they took Yaroslavkovsky in the draft, surprising not everybody, but some people. And I think Mm -hmm. that was with a much, you know, clearer picture of what they wanted to do in the future and what kind of team they wanted to be. And so it's making this season for them really fascinating to watch. It is. I'm, you know, again, dynamics in this game, you're going to have um, Martin St. Louis going against John Tortorella, who he played for. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's the first time he's going to do that. That'll be interesting. Uh, he'll probably tell all those guys what to watch out for. And, you know, so that'll, that'll be fun. Uh, Josh Anderson also played for John. He's healthy and playing well. So yeah. that's another thing. Um, Gallagher has managed to stay healthy and looks really good this year. Nick Suzuki's a star and, you know, Cole Suzuki is a Flyers killer too. Oh yeah, he always seems to score against the Flyers. So. Yeah, and Caulfield's Caulfield. He's gonna, you know, be trouble too. So they, you know, with Slikovsky, with all that, this is not going to be the easiest of games. I know Montreal loses games because their defense isn't great, but this is a game now with the Flyers. You know, in a bad stretch, and they're going to get to practice tomorrow. And they did make a point of saying that on the broadcast. That practice tomorrow. Should include the power play because it looked disjointed, especially now that you're changing personnel. That power play should be worked on tomorrow. And, you know, I think a few of those kinds of things, power play, uh, I would get off the forechecking and playing away from the puck thing, and I would work on um, a little bit of line continuity and and some power play uh, in this practice because – and I wouldn't care how long the practice went. Like, I just don't. I mean, they've lost five in a row. Uh, you got to start – trying to figure out what this team is going to look like with or without Konechny. And are you going to continue on this path of we're going to just be these four checking dynamos, which again, you might keep you in some games but when you play the better teams, it's not. Yeah. Uh, Montreal uh, lost to Columbus last night. So it's sort of making me feel a little better about the, Flyers. Well, they have something in common with the flyers. Yeah, they do. But uh, it seems like Columbus is like we're we're the most broken team ever, and we're yeah. going to win despite that. But 
Uh, I think the Flyers at home. Maybe there's a little home cooking there for them, right? Because that's they seem to be playing better at home while they're broken, and you know I could see that. Yeah, I think that's part of it too. But I just think that the Flyers are going to have to work a lot harder than you might assume in order to win this one. And I, I'm just really I think harder on offense. Like I'm looking for, I, I want to look for, for better breakouts. I'm looking for better passes. I'm looking for guys, you know, cutting to the net. I'm looking for, you know, do an occasional wraparound. If you're Morgan Frost or, or someone like Farabee, try it. I mean, nobody's trying stuff like that. Nobody's shooting anything off the backboards. Nobody's doing anything offensive other than like robotic forechecking and, you know, against a team like Montreal where they have offensive talent, that could be that could be bad. If they if they get up in that game, that could be a little worried. Now you can't come back against a team like Montreal, but again, you don't want to have to though. That's they the shouldn't point. have to. Right. So yeah, I think that Montreal is gonna be a good challenge for the Flyers and and also a good opportunity to get back you know and right the ship a little bit and yeah. you know, come out of it. Uh, feeling a little bit better about yourself. Um, I'm hoping that maybe Scott Lawton can have a, a breakout this game. I feel like he's been, you know, he's been solid, but quiet solid. And so I would like to see him get on the scoreboard in this one and maybe reestablish himself as the, the guy, the go-to extra guy, especially if Travis Konechny is out, he's the kind of guy that has to step up. He is, but he's doing so many things. I, 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 it's hard for me to be critical of Scott Lawton because of the bump up and mm-hmm. where he's playing, how many minutes. It's a lot. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. He's been solid, but a quiet solid. Right. So, uh, I I do would like to see him get back on the scoreboard, like I said. But yeah, should be an interesting game. We will definitely be talking about it on Monday show. Uh, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, uh, because the Flyers were in Boston, they got to spend a little bit of time with the Hayes family up there. And, you know, a bunch of the team were hanging out with Kevin Hayes's nephew, Bo, who is absolutely adorable. And Carter Hartman, he's just a goofy goalie guy yeah, and just yeah. playing, you know, like floor hockey in the basement with Bo and, and, you know, pretending to make saves and pretending to fight and everything. I think it's just so cute. And he's got the whole uh, Franklin board set up though thing. I like that. I wish I had that when I was a kid. I know. Right. Just like a full on real hockey rink in, in your basement. I mean, obviously just like street hockey ish, but. Yeah. Hopefully somebody was in the background saying kind of (laughs) hot makes the save. Yeah. The whole thing is absolutely adorable, but uh, so that warms the heart and makes you feel good about the team being in Boston. Oh, yeah. All right. We will wrap things up for the day. We'll be back again on Monday with that recap of the Habs game. We'll have our nemesis of the week as well. I'm thinking it might be like the end of Twitter might be my nemesis. It it could be. It's going to impact the show a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as a reminder, you can email us at lockdownflyers <laughs> at gmail. You can catch us over on YouTube. We've got that new Instagram at lockdownflyers. So you can message us there. 
I'm Rachel, and I'm our Miriam pretty much everywhere. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology pretty much everywhere, or you can call me at 867-5309. <laughs> All right, Jenny. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.